Hi, welcome back to Gatsio Goosebumps, the long-running and highly influential YouTube series in which I read and review every single one of R.L. Stein's Goosebumps books from the original series. And we'll be reading Goosebumps number 38, The Abominable Snowman of Pasadena. Taking a quick look at the classic Tim Jacobs cover art here, we've got a big hairy boy covered in snow, but he's wrecking havoc in what I can only presume is a uh, street in Pasadena, which I'm not sure if that's California or Florida. It's presumably one of the sunny states. It's not the first page. Pa it is on the first page. Pasadena, California. There we go. Tagline is, he's no fun in the sun, as we can see, because he has no regard for uh, public lighting. And the blurb reads as follows. Forget Frosty. How could I? Jason Blake and his sister Nicole are sick of the hot weather in Pasadena. Ugh. Just once I like to have a real winter. A real winter with real snow, Dad. And then it happens. The Blakes are off to Alaska. It seems that Mr. Blake has been asked to photograph a mysterious snow creature there. What could that snow creature possibly be? Poor Jordan and Nicole. They just wanted to see snow, but now they're being chased by a monstrous creature. A big furry-faced creature known as the Abominable Snowman. So Jordan Blake and Nicole are your typical Goosebumps siblings. They don't get along too well, but they don't hate each other. They've also got these two twins that are like bullies that don't factor into much of the plot. Mr. Blake gets an offer to go to uh, Alaska from a, a magazine that wants him to find photographs of the abominable snowman. They get to Alaska, they've got this guide to help them find this snowman, and it's got to be said, Mr. Ashton doesn't believe in it, but their guide, the aptly named Arthur, um, he certainly does, and he sort of doesn't like these kids coming along and not really taking it seriously. He's like, you know, a friend of mine got taken by this abominable snowman. They're like, haha, yeah, just show us around, you bearded, ugly bastard. Anyway, they're wandering through the snow, trying to look for something. The dogs that are carrying their sleds get really scared at one point, and Arthur's like, oh, I'll tell you, they see something, those dogs. And they're like, shut up, Arthur. Just take us to the cabin. One night, Arthur gets freaked out and like the dogs are barking, Mr. Ashton goes out to investigate and then the twins go out to investigate and they find Arthur running away with all the dogs and all the supplies and they chase after him and then they get lost in the snow and then they call out for help and that causes an avalanche and they're stuck in a cavern and who should appear but the abominable snowman but he's not that big, he's about the size of them the cover art is misleading, it shows him sort of really big but he's actually quite small which I think just factors it into a later plot point but he's trapped in this big block of ice that's weird isn't it? not really he breaks free and one of the dogs, he's about to like drag them into his abominable home, except one of the dogs outside barks and he lets go and they escape. They find their dad and he comes back and he's like taking all these photos of the abominable snowman and then he gets the brilliant idea of like, hey, I'm going to single-handedly bring this thing back to mainland United States. How am I going to do that? I'm just going to stuff it in a big trunk. Apparently you can do that with abominable snowmen. Don't call out authorities to investigate or, uh, you know, just mark your location and then return later with people more qualified. 
you, a photographer, just stuffed this big frozen block of ice containing a, at this point, unknown biological species into a trunk and just bring it home in a helicopter. And they do that. So, <laughs> then we return to Pasadena. Mr. Blake, the Blakes, have a abominable snowman in their photography darkroom. Because it's cool in there, I guess. Oh, also, Jordan's snuck some snowballs into the case because he's like, hey, that'll be fun. I'm sure that's not gonna come up later on, though. <laughs> I guess Mr. Ashton's, like, out hustling, trying to get, like, the authorities to come and, like, check out this species I've got in my backyard. The siblings, like, to their friend Lauren, hey, we've really, look what we found, you've got to see this. Jordan picks up one of the snowballs and throws it at a tree, and, like, the whole tree becomes frozen. It's like a magic snowball. That's weird. Someone throws another one and hits Nicole, and Nicole is frozen solid. They try and thaw her out in the hot Pasadena heat, nothing's working. And then I, I guess they deduce that, hey, maybe the snowman's the only one who can do it. So with Nicole frozen, they um, managed to lure the snowman out with trail mix, because he liked trail mix earlier in the book. And then like he hugs the, the frozen block of his sister, and apparently his fur is the only thing that can like melt the ice. So Nicole's free, and then the abominable snowman just um, storms off. Um, he's going to find somewhere cool, I think it's mentioned, but in like 100 degree Fahrenheit about 40 degrees Celsius weather, that thing is going to die and just wind up on the side of a road somewhere and someone else could find the discovery. All because you stupid kids just couldn't wait for your dad to like find some suckers to come and look at this new species of animal that no one's discovered yet. You blew that one for him. You could have been rich and famous. Oh well, you had to show your friend Lauren. Yeah, we really need her opinion, didn't we? But it's not all bad news. Because um, they've still got the photos that the dad took of the Abominable Snowman. Oh wait, no they don't. They look at the photos and it just shows snow. It doesn't show the Abominable Snowman. That doesn't make sense. If it's a vampire who has, according to some interpretations, made a pact with the devil, you know, his evil can't be contained in an image or like in a reflection. Okay, fair enough. But there's nothing mystical about this Abominable Snowman. It's a purely scientific creature. So it doesn't make sense that it would camouflage. None of it makes sense. It's a story for children. Anyway. Though they don't have the photographs either. You fucked that one up as well, kids. And then it ends with like the twins coming back and one of the twins throws a snowball at the other twin, meaning they're gonna be frozen solid. And of course the snowman's not around anymore to help them thaw out. So it's like, it's like, it's a positive ending because these bully twins, um, one of them gets frozen, but presumably that's forever and they will like, I don't know, die. Sort of an adventure story. Bit Indiana Jones-esque. Nothing particularly evil about the abominable snowman. He's not an abominable. He's not that abominable. He's not that abominable. Um, he's just like a creature. He's not that exotic. He's like, sort of like this gorilla, essentially. This ice gorilla, if you will. That's probably like a really good way to describe him. But he doesn't like plot against him or anything. And he doesn't feature that prominently. Most of the tension comes between the Blakes and um, Arthur, the guide. It's a similar dynamic to, I think, earlier stories such as um, Curse the Mummy's Tomb, where it's like the relative of the main character is the expert, but the expert's assistant is the one who really believes in like the superstitious stuff, and he like eventually betrays him. Quite a familiar dynamic. Fun book, but nothing to write home about. I think the snowman himself isn't that scary. That's all for this week, but please join me next week in which I discuss Goosebumps number 39, How I Got My Shrunken Head, with a special guest that I recorded an episode with months ago in preparation and my schedule's just been whack.
so whack. But in the meantime, please, stay spooky.